Hey guys, welcome to episode three of the Drop of Gloves podcast. By my side, we have Logan Sype. All right, guys, we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff today. We got a lot going on in the NHL with the playoffs coming. We got the OHL. The Otters are in a really tight race. They're either going to finish seven, eight, or nine. There's a lot going on there. We have an awesome interview with former NHLer and former Erie Otter Luke Gazdick. Uh, we got a lot coming at you guys. And Dom, I want you to kick it off. Yeah. So PK Subban. Well, before gets- we get into Subban talks, let's talk a little bit about the injury that happened to Hughes, and we just talked about him on the last podcast. What's that mean for him? Um, it means a lot because he was having a breakout season um he was having a career season actually and he was finally starting to be himself we talked about this on the last podcast and he gets a dirty knee on knee and um, if you say this is a clean clean hit then you're an idiot and obviously Subban six up for him he gets a two for instigating five for fighting ten aggressor I never heard of that one before but I guess you can get a ten for that and then a game misconduct um I I Thank you, P.K. Subban, for being the one guy to protect Jack Hughes. Um, that was the first thing you've pretty much done right since being a devil. And, and the thing that gets me about that is the guy still has loyalty to his team, even though he knows that there's no contract offer out there from the Devils next season. The one thing that's really getting me this year, it's kind of got me in the OHL and the NHL, is you see these guys take these hits that years ago were instant fights, but now they're calling the two-minute instigator on the guys that are sticking up for their teammate. He's not the instigator at that point. He's strictly defending his team, and I think they're trying to take that out of hockey. Yeah, and though I, I don't agree with the aggressor at all and if you're you're trying to get goons out of the league yeah whatever you're trying to make it more skilled but if these goons or young players Oliver Wallstrom is going after Jack Hughes on a knee on knee he's gonna he's got to get punished you can't let that shit go and you're gonna take out a young star like that's just bullshit and I'm glad PK got it and I don't know I think the devil should get him a little uh, just a little contract extend him just for that protect Jack like he makes mistakes but he's not He's not dog shit. He's not terrible, but he definitely is not worth what he wants. Oh, no. And I think he's going to see that come free agency. He's going to kind of see where the league values him at. And uh, there may be some talks between New Jersey and him. But now, what does this mean for the Devils? I mean, you guys are already bottom four in the league. Uh, We got the draft lottery coming up here after the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, Where do you think that's going to put you guys? We are going to absolutely be really bad and I'm not even exaggerating it watching them first the Rangers the other day without Jack they're a whole different team I think we're gonna finish like three for sure I and, think Seattle's gonna surpass us and I and I seen you guys there you guys had the 6-2 lead up on Florida and you guys kind of let that one get away from you I think that team like you said I think they finish in the bottom three no doubt and wouldn't be surprised to see them in the last second spot I'm hoping we like honestly at this point we should tank I want Shane Wright like that's who every, doesn't who, who doesn't? doesn't I'm hoping we can get another first uh, but we'll see well let's move up to Toronto we got Alston Matthews hitting 50 goals with the hat trick he's got 50 four goals now 38 assists 92 points and only 64 games plays what's that show for Matthews and is he getting back on track oh yeah like Matthews is I think he could honestly hit 60 goals and that's not even like an exaggeration the dude can score any angle on the ice and he's at 54 already like he's gonna get the 60 they have plenty of time and Toronto do you think they're heating up finally I think they're heating up, and I'm again, we got a lot of listeners up in Toronto, um, but it still worries me about that first-round playoffs. I mean, the team showed time and time again that they're a good team. Uh, I don't know what happens, but those guys got a little more experience and stuff under their belt now, so it'd be interesting to see them get out of the first round, and I think they have the skill for it, but is that curse going to hold up? Also, Mitch Marner, he's been tearing it up, too. Marner and Matthews are really showing that they're worth their money, and that duo in Toronto is scary, and they just need... 
I don't know. I think they have a good shot to make it past the first round this year, but they just they need more like they need non young fight or firepower. You should say like William Nylander. He's good. Yeah, he's having a good season, but I think they need to like get another veteran like uh, Tavares to settle out the young. Court. And then you run into the salary cap issue again. Exactly. I mean, it, it, the salary cap's the main subject for me this year. But like you said, I think the Maple Leafs are heating up. I think they have a really good chance to make a run. Um, there's teams out there like Florida and Colorado that are a little more stacked than they are. But like you said, you got young guys there, and it'd be interested to see what they could do. We've seen what the Canadians did last year when they got to the playoffs. It'd be interested to see if we can see a team that's not so great come in and just get hot at the right time. Leon Dreisaitl hits 50 goals. Oilers might be waking up, but we said that before. Four-game winning streak. They beat the Coyotes, Kings, Blues, and Ducks. Are they turning it around, Logan? We see I mean, this every we say we talk about this all the time. Uh, the Coyotes, okay, you're playing an AHL team and they're still in an NHL rink. Uh, the Kings, the Blues, and the Ducks. I mean, those are big wins. They're not easy. They're not walking the parks. I don't think there's many games in the NHL that are walking the parks. But it'd be interested to see what Leon Dreisaitl and McDavid can do going into the playoffs. Can I mean, right now they're sitting in the last wild card spot out there. It'd be interested to see what they can do, and let's just see if they can get some help from their second scoring and that's going to be all she wrote speaking of playoffs do you think the new york islanders could catch the washington capitals let me read you these stats real quick the islanders are 32 28 and 9 with 73 points and the capitals are 37 22 and 10 with 84 points and they're two and three in their last five so i again it's the capitals uh they're never out they're they've been a solid team for years and they're going to continue to be a solid team for years to come i don't see the islanders catching them but the one thing that's really starting to scare me is the penguins just aren't performing where they have been and where they need to be. Um, we're not doing very well. We're losing points in easy games. We're showing resilience in the games, but it's all coming a little too late. Last night, it was uh, 4-2. Then we gave up an empty netter, 5-2. Uh, final score in the last couple minutes ended up being 6-4. We showed a lot of resiliency, and I love what Coach is doing with that whiteboard behind the bench. He's setting up plays the guys are executing, but we're not coming out with the points. So I think that's going to – I think Washington has a better chance of capping catching the Penguins than I think the Islanders do of catching Washington. I don't know. I disagree. I I think the Islanders could creep up and they might not make it, but I think they're going to be on Washington's ass. I, and I believe that. I just don't see them surpassing them. There might be a one or two point difference there, but I just don't see them pulling ahead of Washington. While we were talking about young guys and injuries, um, let's talk a little bit about Zegras. Uh, he was very, he was pissed. There's no better way of saying it. What did you see there and what do you want the league to do? I mean, well, there's not not much you can do like I have a 50-50 opinion on this like uh, Jay Beagle he was just reacting to Trevor Zegras is slashing the goalie and every veteran every player is going to do that unless and, unless you play for the Pittsburgh Penguins we just let you punch them yeah but yeah so Beagle took obsession or exception oh my god speak for me Logan Beagle took exception there we go but yeah he responded and like I guess it, it was I don't know I have a 50-50 opinion and I, the only thing I don't understand is he went after Troy Terry there and uh the guy's laying on the ice already. If you want to go after somebody, pick them up and then put them back down. That's my opinion there. I don't agree with just piling on top of somebody. I mean, the guy was defenseless in my opinion. Don't get me wrong. There's no room for the slash on the goalie there when you're up 4 nothing. Um, but at the end of the day, let the guy get up and then put him back on it. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think ma- like the main reason he did that was because of the Michigan that Zegers pulled out. It was filthy. But um, I there's think- a lot of interviews saying that like if young players are going to pull off – young moves and disrespect the veterans blah blah 
blah. What do you think about that? See, I think the veterans need to kind of open up a little bit. The game has changed in the last 10, 20 years. I mean, we used to have three, four fights a game. You're lucky to see one every four games now. The league is a lot different than it was when these guys entered the league, and I can understand their frustration. They're trying to stick around in an NHL lineup as long as they can. Um, and obviously, when you're at that older age, it's kind of hard to adapt to this kind of play style. I don't see Boyle going out there and doing a Michigan goal. So these guys, I mean, they're fighting to stay in the NHL, and they're going to keep giving these young guys what they think they need to give them to keep that out of the game. Yeah, Zegras has 50 points in 64 games played. Kid is going to be a stud. Like, you pull off two Michigans in a year, like, you're you're filthy. And then the pass to his teammate. I mean, that, that team is young. That uh, But it was just talked about on the Barstool podcast. You cannot run a team with all young scorers. You're going to have to throw some veteran guys in there, and you're going to have to get a little bit of aggression because those guys just aren't going to be able to stick up for themselves. And that's my opinion on that. Oh, yeah. So, Jonathan Huberto hits 73 assists. How ridiculous is 73 points? That's that's insane. And to have the guys that can put 73 goals in the net from your passes, you're doing something right. Those guys are clicking on all cylinders. While we're talking about Florida, Giroux just put up uh, his first goal there. I think he's fitting in real nice. Um, but back to Huberto, 73 assists. I'm pretty sure that leads the franchise. It's just it's it's impressive. And if he can keep putting numbers up like that, I'd be curious to see what his career totals are going to be. 24 goals, 73 assists, 97 points, and 69 games played. Anytime you can almost hit 100 points, he's going to hit 100 points. He's going to be he's up there with great company, McDavid and Drysital. Um, this kid, he's, I can't call him a kid, um, but he's going to be. I think he's going to continue to put this up next year if Florida can keep that roster together. The former St. John Sea Dog. But moving on to the NHL standings, obviously Florida is first, 49, 15, and 6. No, With, Colorado has now moved up to no, first. No, no, no. Oh, okay, we're talking about Yeah, we're conference. talking about conference. Damn, Logan. But Eastern Conference, Florida's 49, 15, and 6, 104 points. And then trailing them, of course, is the Carolina Hurricanes, 45, 17, 8, with 98 points. Logan, what's your thoughts on that? Um, I think Florida, I think they have it. Uh, they're, they're putting up the points. They're they're winning comeback games like you've seen against the Devils. Uh, anytime you can score four or five goals in a period, that just shows how dominant you really are. They actually did it twice. They, they, did, they did just it did it again. They did it against the Maple Leafs, and they did it twice in a couple of weeks. That's ridiculous. That just shows heart, and Florida's changing my mind. Right now I have Carolina in the back of my head, but Florida's really changing my mind. I'll tell you what. If that goes on to be the conference championship, we're in for seven good games. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to Florida, Logan. Hey, I'll, I'll tell you, man, I love Southern hockey. I do. Um, let's talk about the Lightning, though. I mean, they're not too far out. They got 93 points with Boston, 93, Pittsburgh, 92. Uh, that's a tight That's a tight race in that conference. I mean, besides Florida, your second to seventh place team's only separated by six points. I just think that goes to show how tough that conference is. Yeah, that's ridiculous how tight the Metro is, especially the Metro and then the Eastern Conference. But it's always going to be tight now. And wait till New Jersey, wait till Buffalo, all those teams start getting like decent at least and that's going to be like a battle like a and buffalo's kind of surprised me this year their standings don't really show it but they're winning some games against some teams that you wouldn't expect them to and they're also losing some games against some other teams that you would expect them to go out and win i think once they can find some consistency and maybe signing guys in the offseason i think they're going to be up there like you said they'll be up there with at least the blue jackets and the islanders don't count out detroit either they're in the same boat as buffalo man i would love to go to detroit for a game i heard that that arena is just packed it still feels like old 
old-time hockey there. Yeah, once we get the vlog camera up, we're going to vlog every NHL game, OHL game we go to, and just make a series out of it. But moving on to the Western Conference, Logan. Let's go ahead and move out there. you got Colorado. They just beat the Pens. Uh, Calgary's still up there with 91. Minnesota. It's kind of been quiet. Haven't really heard too much about them. They're just kind of going out and playing their game. What do you think is leading to their success? Uh, excellent goaltending is leading to their success. And then um, I'm going to butcher his name, but Kapriov or his, the rookie, he's ridiculous, and he's been their best player. So young player leading another team, but uh, mainly goaltending. And then uh, what do you think about the end here um, down at the bottom of those standings? Uh, you got Edmonton in five with 87, the Kings with 86, Nashville at seven with 84, and Dallas with 83. Do you see Dallas winning a couple games here and getting on a roll and maybe moving up in the standings? That's a tough one. Um, I don't think they'll make playoffs, honestly, but if they start to get hot, because what, they're in the cup recently, right? Yeah, they, they made a deep run a couple years so, back. Yeah, they're not far behind. Like They're a good team, but it's going to be like a battle between them and Edmonton. I still don't believe in Edmonton, and like I'm going to be saying that until they actually... Until they prove us wrong, yeah. I'll continue to say it. Speaking of Edmonton, I just want to mention again, we got a Luke Gazdick interview in this podcast. Uh, it's a phenomenal interview. Talks about his time with living with McDavid and Hall. Can't believe those three guys lived together. Yeah, that's something I learned today as well, but yeah, um, LA, oh my god, I honestly did not see this. LA, I, <laughs> I am shocked. I haven't been paying attention to the Western Conference. 38, 24, and 10 with 86 points and they're in a playoff spot. Well, the thing that gets me with that over there is they are in a playoff spot, but if you take a look, the teams that are two points and three points behind them, they got three games less, so I don't think that those are true numbers. I mean, three games, Nashville could go out, win three in a row, and be four points above them, so that's one thing with COVID this year, affecting the kind of start of the season. Um, you see a couple of these teams still don't have the same amount of games played. I mean, what the Devils went a week at a time, two or three weeks this year without a game. I think that really affects the way these guys play as well. Yeah, I just don't think uh, LA's going to make it. I'm sorry, Kings fans, but it's not your year yet. You're getting there, though. So, do you have anything else you want to say about the NHL? Um, no, the NHL, I think we covered. Um, let's move on. Though I want to move on to an AHL topic real quick. Um, I'm probably going to butcher the guy's last... I don't even have the guy's last name. Um, the homophobic slur in the league. The guy gets an eight-game suspension. I think you got to crack down on that. I mean, there's no room for it. Um, uh, there's really not, no room for it in hockey in general. And to see him get punished, I think it's going to set a precedent. And uh, hopefully they just keep that stuff out of the league. Yeah, they got to keep that stuff out of the league. Um, it's a new game, new era, so you got to follow every rule. And that's just how it goes. That's rules. We're here with the big brawler himself, Luke Gadzik, former Erie Otter and former NHLer. Luke, how are you doing today? I'm good, boys. How are you? Phenomenal. We're glad to have you. Um, we're going to start. Uh, we wanted to know a little bit about a reflection of your time when you were with the Otters. You know what, man? It was um, some of the best years of my life, to be honest. Um, came in there as a bright-eyed 17-year-old kid. Um, well, I got drafted when I was 16, didn't make it as an underager, but um, ended up making it when I was 17 and um, played for Peter Sidorkowitz and then eventually Robbie Fatorik, who were two of my favorite coaches of all time. Um, had some great teammates, Zach Traquano, Ryan O'Reilly, um, Justin Hodgman. Like we had, we had a great crew, and it was just a great time to be honest. I love the city, blue collar, and great fans, and uh, I miss it, man. I, uh, I had a great time there. Yeah, actually, we just had another one of your teammates last week. We had Sidlowski on the podcast. Sitter, <laughs> yeah, Sitter was a, a good dude too, Michigan dude. Um, could score goals for days. Um, I remember um, getting 
sitting on the ice with him. He had a great set of hands, and um, he's made a career for himself. Oh, yeah, Sid's a good dude. Same with his family. Um, another thing I want to ask, Mike Leambus, you and him had a few fights back in the AHL. I was wondering, how was he as a teammate, and did you guys, like, fight in practice? How did that go? Well, Rambo's been probably my best buddy since I was in, I think, grade seven. We went to middle school together, um, high school together, uh, ended up, like, billeting together in Erie. So he is one of my best buddies, but... You know what, when push comes to shove, we ended up playing pro hockey against each other, and uh, I just crap a couple times, and you know what, things happen, and I don't know, we, we, uh, we scrapped when we had to, but uh, we're still good buddies to this day. So, that's funny, as you say, you KO'd him, so how do you feel about that? I mean, I don't feel great about it, to be honest. Like, I, I don't watch those clips too often, um, I'm, I'm sure, like... It's kind of a soft spot in our friendship, but you know what? Things happen, and I mean, we're 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 still friends, like right now to this day. So I mean, things happen, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah, and that's all in the sport of hockey. I mean, the one, the only clip I've watched from the AHL fights is uh, when that big hit on Alexiak. Obviously, somebody had to step in. You know, you're known as a brawler. You're both known as a brawler, and unfortunately, we did not know that that was your best friend. Yeah, I mean. We, we literally went for, uh, I think we went for lunch the day before that game, and we talked about how, you know, you know, push comes to shove, we have to do what we have to do, but he is the hardest and probably the best hitter I've ever seen in my life, and took a good, healthy run at one of my rookie defensemen, and, you know, what I'd take actions in my own hands, and one thing led to another, and wasn't a great ending, but yes, do we have to do? Speaking on Liambus, and this is a little bit of a sensitive topic, but how did you feel the whole Ben Finelli situation turned out? I mean, I mean that's a tough one. Bussy was just finishing his check. I, he came from a long way, but um, I mean that's a yeah, it's a tough subject. You, you hate to see a guy go down like that. Bus was just finishing his check, playing his game, and. Um, stuff like that can happen in the game a lot more than you can think. Like, I've made hits like that before that could have turned out differently, but uh, glad to see that Ben's doing well now. And, um, you know, like, uh, hockey's a tough game. Like, stuff can happen so quickly. So, uh, like I said, uh, glad to see Ben's doing well, but um, Bus was just doing his job. Yeah, and he was he was a huge fan favorite when he was here in Erie, just like you said, for being a hard hitter, finishing his checks, and he really did. He played the game real clean for a guy his size and with the ability to hit like he had. I mean, pound for pound, he's probably the toughest guy I've ever known. Like, to be honest, like, in the NHL, AHL, ECHL, I've played in i played everywhere. He is pound for pound the toughest guy I know. And he loved here. He loved playing there. And um, he was a fan favorite for a reason. Um, he did it all. He could hit. He could fight. And he scored a couple goals. Could play D, forward, whatever, uh, whatever coaches wanted him to do. Just great teammate. And then uh, let's talk a little bit about your time with the Texas Stars once you got drafted to Dallas. Uh, what was that like as such a young guy? I remembered exactly. I was, well, I mean, I was drafted in 2007, so I was still with Erie, but when I signed with Dallas in 2009, we just got knocked out of the playoffs in Erie, and I was living on West Gore, just on Peach Street, uh, and my billets in Erie, and um, I signed with the Dallas Stars, and 
went to uh, Boise, Idaho. Uh, played for the Idaho Steelheads in the East Coast, got um, a little taste of pro hockey, but yeah, I got to play for the Texas Stars in the AHL for a number of years, never got called up to Dallas, but um, it was a great um, step for me in my career, and uh, being part of that organization was pretty special. And how was your time in the NHL? You got to play with Edmonton a little bit, you spent a little bit of time in New Jersey. What was that like? I mean, man, it was pretty cool. Um, you know, a kid coming up from Toronto who I wasn't ever a star growing up. I wasn't, you know, one of the highly touted prospects or whatever. I was a very late draft pick in the OHL, very late draft pick in the NHL. Um, ended up getting picked up on waivers by Edmonton. And um, yeah, actually, a funny story, I guess I'll tell it right now, but scored in my first game on my first shift, uh, scored my first goal on my first shot. So... Um, things happen for a reason. I ended up being there in Edmonton for three years and, and having a, a nice time there. And then, um, yeah, a year in Jersey and uh, ended up in the minors. But nice little career, and it was really great to play in the NHL. It was a dream come true. How was your time with Halsey and McDavid? How was that like? Oh, buddy. Uh, that, was a, that was a good year. I remember, uh, so I lived with Taylor for a year. And then uh, Connor got drafted, and he moved into the house. So the three of us lived together. Um, it was fun, man. It was, for me, I, like, I was a kid. I was just, like, soaking it all in, to be honest. I was only, I think, 25 at the time, something like that. Um, so I was kind of soaking it all in, talking to these guys, and watching them play on a daily basis was, uh, was pretty fun. And, you know, on the ice, off the ice, super professional, but um, definitely, a, definitely a fun year for me. So who you're pretty much like the dad of those two kids. And I kind of was taking care of them. I made sure I did all the grocery shopping, all the fridge. The fridge was stocked, um, pantry was stocked, and I, I like to cook, so I cooked a bunch of meals. I make pregame meals and stuff like that. So uh, made sure I took care of the of the boys. We can add that to the resume. <laughs> I know. I, and so, so now uh, let's talk a little bit about your stint with New Jersey. Dom's a huge Jersey fan. We got to bring it up. How's how's the organization as a player inside of it? Dom can give you his opinion outside, but how is it being in the organization and how do they take care of you, boys? So I didn't know anything about Jersey. Like, grew up a Toronto fan, um, played in Edmonton, um, and then Taylor got traded to Jersey. I don't know you guys remember that one for one uh, for Adam Larson. And um, here's a good story for you. Uh, Ray Sherrill called Taylor and said, you know, do you need anything? Like, can I, you know, help you out with anything? And he said, you know, Luke Kazik's a free agent. Let's get him here. So two days later, my first call on free agency signing July 1st was Ray Sherrill from, uh, from Jersey. And he said, we want to sign you here. We'll give you a two-way. Come out here. So I signed there. And then when I went there in the fall, it was... It was unbelievable. The rent, the facilities are so cool. Um, a lot of the boys live in Hoboken and Jersey City, right across from New York on the Hudson River. Um, it's a really cool place to play. I think it gets a really bad rap, to be honest. I think people uh, people don't think that so highly, but it's a really good place to play, and I really enjoyed my time there. I know it was up and down the Myers with, with them in Albany, but um, I really enjoyed my time there. Yeah, so people, if Jersey's like the same as Erie, people are going to think it's like a little shithole, but it's like, 
when you, me and Logan were there like a couple years ago, and we stayed in a bad part of the town. But once we actually got to the rink, it was like a nice facility. The fans are just ridiculous. They're like eerie fans on in a sense. They're wild and they just love their hockey. There's not much like there besides like the Yankees and all that, but. Like, I know, well, you said it perfectly, like, the rink is not in a great part of town, it's in Newark, which is, you know, a little bit ghetto. That town straight smells like shit as soon as you pull in. (laughs) I know, know, you're the same way, right? It is. Right in the the basement of downtown, so, like, it's not a great area, but once you get in there, the fans are passionate in, you know, both clubs, Erie and Jersey, it's a great, um, a great comparison you made. Um, the fans are so passionate, and they've been there for years. And uh, I saw a ton of comparisons between those two teams. All right, Luke. I got do got a couple more questions for you. So, what was your best fight in your whole entire career? Yeah, people ask me best fight all the time. I would say, um, okay, two. Two come to mind right away. I fought Brian McGratton at Center Ice in Calgary on Hockey Day in Canada. The first battle of Alberta I played in, Edmonton versus Calgary. Um, I believe it was the first period, and we squared off at Center Ice and fought for like over a minute, and it was a great scrap, and uh, I'll remember that one for for a long time. And then um, the other one I always remember is I fought Milan Lucic, who played on Boston at the time. We fought in Edmonton, same thing, like, close to center ice, right by our home bench. And uh, we had a great scrap. <laughs> the same thing was like over a minute long. Um, I, I, I'd say those two, to be honest. Well, my first NHL scrap, too. I fought my first NHL game versus um, uh, Thorburn, Scott Thorburn. So I, I'd say those three. I mean, yeah, my my first game, I scored on my first shift and then fought in the second period. So that fight was pretty special to me as well. I mean, fights aren't special, but... Well, while we're while we're on the top of topic of fights, I just wanted to get your opinion on something. Um, how do you feel now that the OHL has kind of cracked down on some of their players? Uh, I think there are a lot of maximum of three instigators. I'm pretty sure you would have been suspended about 15 games into the season if that was around when you were here. Three three instigators or three fights? fights. Uh, no, you're allowed three instigators. But they've been handed out the instigators like candy. So obviously, if you're on the receiving side of the instigator, you get the call and you get penalized, and it counts for one of your three fights on the year. Uh, you can have up to ten fights or whatever as long as you're not the instigator in it. But I'm pretty sure you would have been suspended about probably 15 games through the year. Oh, buddy, I'm just gonna disagree with you for a sec. I was never really the instigator guy. I was usually the guy that was getting instigated. To be honest, I was I was usually the guy getting jumped because I made a big hit. But um, even the ten fight rule, like, I don't know if I would have made it to the NHL if I didn't, you know, fight and played as hard as I would. Um, I think I had maybe 12, 13 points my my rookie year, but I think I scrapped you know, 20-something times, 22 times or something like that. But I was never really an instigator guy. It was usually guys grabbing me. And um, I don't know how well I would do in the uh, in the new game. Um, uh, it, it's different. Uh, it's a new game. And uh, I don't know. I don't know how it would fit. Yeah, it, it has changed a lot in the last 10 years when it comes to that aspect of the game. Yeah, the OHL is like, I don't know, it's definitely a lot softer nowadays since you guys left, like, the late Leambus and Gadzik era. Like, it's it's gone downhill, and I don't know, I don't think that's good for the game at all. But you guys forget, too, that um, me, Leambus, and we had Anthony Peluso as well, who was one of the 
toughest guys to ever do it. All three of us played on the team at the same time for two years. I think I traded to the Sioux uh, my second year. But, yeah, we were, you know, if you were coming in, we weren't that good. You might beat us, but uh, you were you were leaving with some ice bags on your shoulders. And that's facts. Like, Erie... We weren't, we weren't the, like, we were never, like, the greatest team. You're right about that. But it was just so fun to watch a heavy-hitting and passionate team all the time for, the, like, two, three years. I mean, yeah. I, yeah, like I said, like, we, we played hard, and um, we made sure that if you were going to beat us, you would, you'd be leaving with some bruises. Luke, how is life right now? What are you doing after the hockey world? What's your current status on that? So i got a couple things going right now. I'm working on Sportsnet here in um, – in Toronto, so I do the Oilers, the Edmonton Oilers road games um, as an analyst, like in between periods. Um, so pretty much every uh, road game except for the um, Hockey Night in Canada games on Saturday night. And then um, I have a show that I'm starting now. It's called Post Up, where I take a different athlete, uh, usually a hockey player, and we go eat, um, you know, at a restaurant of their choice. Um, so filming some content stuff here and. Um, and I'm just trying to uh, film my time. So for your show, are you gonna like? Where's that gonna be like broadcasted at? So it's on my Instagram that I have a YouTube channel as well. Uh, we have one episode out right now with Rich Clune, who's the captain of the Marlies, and then the second episode is being edited right now with uh, my former teammate and ex Buffalo Saber Derek Roy. So that's episode number two. We'll have that out in a week or two. And basically, yeah, we just go out to eat and. Shoot the, shoot the breeze and talk hockey and life and food and um, just kind of hang out. It's just about basically like a five to six minute video and uh, see if the people like it. All right, so I got I got another one. When's Leambus or McDavid going to be on your show? Well, Connor will be uh, maybe this summer. I, uh, I'll have to kind of convince Connor. I'll see if he'll uh, jump on, but... I'm sure uh, Mike Lambis is living in Winnipeg right now, so um, if I can get on the road, I'll do one with Bussy. But um, Connor is in the works. All right, I can't wait for those episodes. I'm actually going to go watch them after this interview, so I'm glad you told me that. It's something I learned today. Unreal, yeah. Um, pleasure to be on with you, boys. A few more things, and then we are done here. So what's your message to the Erie fans? The Erie fans are some of the best I've ever had in my entire life, to be honest. Um, not only with our billets, but the booster club and the sponsors and everything. Um, I look back on my time in Erie so fondly. Um, some of the best and most compassionate and uh, appreciative fans that I've ever played for. All right, the fans are going to love to hear that. Logan, you have any closers? Yeah, I just wanted to ask him, huh? How was it with Fratoric behind the bench? You said he was one of your favorite coaches you've ever played for. Um, we've seen videos the guy could have a uh, tantrum. Um, he had anger issues. But how was he as a bench boss? Honestly, he changed my entire um, hockey career, to be honest. I was um, – and how do I even say this? He was, um, he was there as soon as I needed him to be. Like, he taught me everything about skills and about – you know, how to be a professional. And he had come from the NHL or come from the pro ranks of uh, two juniors. So he kind of taught us about how we had to be in the future. And um, he was just a little quirky, but um, a really down to earth, good guy. And one of my favorite people that I've ever um, come in contact with and played for. Did you love when he threw the bench over in New Jersey? Oh man, we had that thing. We, <laughs> we 
has it going on repeat on the TV up there. We had a little lounge uh, at the rink, and uh, we would always show that. But we never saw that anger when he was in here. Just uh, behind closed doors, he gave me shit a couple times. But sorry, I don't know if I can swear. Sorry, he gave me shit a couple times. But um, definitely, a, a, could be a bit of a hothead at times. But uh, really down to earth, good guy. Another question I have for you: How was Basson? Cheryl. Yeah. Cheryl? Yeah. Do you remember that little dog he had? Sherwood. What was his freaking name? What was the dog's name? I thought it was Sherwood. I'm drawing a blank now. Oh my god. Man, he always bought that thing a plain cheeseburger from McDonald's. He'd feed it to him in the back you of the. I'm gonna I'm gonna think about this after I get off with you guys, and you guys are gonna have to like edit it back in. But um, yeah, always walked around with the dog. I always had stories for days. Um, loved to stand at rink level. He never sat in stands. He was always in our. Um, the way we shot twice, so like the behind the glass, um, home end twice, and I, I have a lot of time for Sherwood Bass, and he uh, took care of me, drafted me, and um, just a great human being. All right. Hey, Luke, we do appreciate your time on the Drop the Gloves podcast, and we do miss you here in Erie. You're the one of the best brawlers to ever come into Erie, and um, it was exciting having you on this podcast. Boys, anytime. I appreciate you guys having me. All right. Uh, let's move on to the OHL. we got a lot of news here. There's a super tight race for the uh, the final two playoff spots. Uh, Dom, what do you see about Erie and the games we played against Kitchener? What do you see? I see a hungry young team. The two Kitchener games I went to was ridiculous. The atmosphere was crazy. And the players just actually wanted to play. For the home crowd, it kind of kind of seemed like they kind of fed off it a little bit, and uh, it was nice. Uh, Saturday, twenty fifth anniversary, the barn was packed. Uh, that was probably one of the first times I've heard a goalie chant in probably the last five years since we had McDavid here. Uh, Parsons, man, we were just in his head. You could see him shaking his head. He'd look up every once in a while and just start laughing. Yeah, so. Erie moves into eighth place, and yes, they lost to Hamilton, but those two Kitchener games were obviously good. Hamilton's best in the league. Uh, to be able to go 3 nothing. I think we hit the post four or five times in that game, so that game could have had a different outcome as well. Uh, to keep them to three, though, that's kind of what impressed me there. They didn't play a bad game. They played hard, and then they come out and do that on Friday and come out and play like they did Saturday, Sunday against Kitchener. I think that just shows how uh, hungry that young team is. Oh, yeah, and uh, the young players are heating up, even the vets. We got Daniel D'Amato. 59 points and 57 games played and then Elias Cohen with 57 points and 59 games played Brissett and Sador both have 44 points and then Connor Lockhart starting to heat up 5 points in his last 2 games 47 points and 58 games played. and I kind of want to say something about Cohen here um, it's such an emotional year for that guy he, you know, he's going through some stuff and it was a great segment that they put on uh, I think it was Erie Times News one of the news companies had a great segment for him and if you guys ever are watching just kind of pay attention when he puts the buck puck in the back of the net um he's always putting his arm up in the air and that's for his dad yeah and that's such a sad story um i, I don't know how to explain it it's how, just how would you continue to go out there and play at such a great pace that he's on this year when when you're going through that stuff i can't even fathom it um i would definitely probably lose my drive and my focus and uh, you know props to him for being able to go out there and do what his family wanted him to do mad respect for the kid so moving on let's talk about jordan Cairo. this has just been killing me you got the Otters fans, they're complaining about his power play ability. 
I, I don't understand. The, he's great. Uh, he's going to be great. He's the top defenseman in the OHL. Um, he's so mobile. He's so fast. He, he pinches when it's when he needs to. He gets back no matter what. The fact that they're out there complaining about him and then next game, Dom, what happens? He scores on the power play. And, yes, I know, he turns over the puck sometimes. But this is his first season, full season. He'll learn. He gets 58 points in 62 games for a defenseman. Like, do fans not realize he's a defenseman and ridiculous numbers I, I don't think they do because he's, he's just phenomenal plays both sides of the game so well and I'm really excited for our defensive core because we got Sova we got Cairo I'm pretty sure there were scouts in the building for them on yes, Saturday there were scouts in the building for both of them and uh, my buddy even asked like who, who are you here for what are you and I think it was the Capitals but I'm not sure but they said they're here for those two defensemen and, and that's just phenomenal and these kids both of them are still young and let me tell you Sova put on a clinic. He went coast to coast and what a snipe and when you have a scout in the building and you can do something like that, it definitely bumps, it gives it catches their eye and might even bump up your stock a little bit. Yeah, his breakout season is definitely going to be next year. Like he's just like, this is the end season. End season where you're just starting to get comfortable. Watch next year. Him and Kyrie are going to be 10 times better. And I think they're going to have some offensive help because these boys, I mean, they're hungry. They want to play and I think we have a lot of skill on that team. We have what, everybody besides Thompson maybe returning next year? I think it's everybody. There might be one or two other ones. No, I think we have one overager, but I'll look it up later. All right, so moving on. The Otters goalie situation. Campbell and Lalonde. If I said your name wrong, I'm sorry, but Nolan got two straight wins, and he's been playing good since injury, back-to-back wins against Kitchener. Who's Who's the starter? Yeah, who's going to be the starter? I just, I don't know if the Otters are still using him, but Shane Clifford is a phenomenal goalie coach. He spent some time with a couple of our other boys. He's great. Um, with these two goalies, so I'm curious to see what happens. Who's going to get the start? You know, the Lod's a rookie, and he's kind of came in, and he's made some big saves, and he's hung in there with his confidence when he had a struggling team in front of him. And it's just nice to see his confidence continue having that support from the offense. Yeah, and that's your goaltender drives off you. You drive off the goaltender. But it's going to be interesting. In my honest opinion, I think we should roll with Nolan the whole season. He's hot. He's warm. He's hot. And, and give Campbell some time. Let him get rehabilitated. And I think next year, I think they're going to go 50-50 in between the pipes. They should, because both of them are ridiculously good. And that, that's going to really help on your three games in three days. Uh, having two goalies that can perform at a starting level, that's really going to help you, and you can secure some points that other teams might not be able to secure in that situation. Let's move on. Sarnia, Flint, and Kitchener are the Otters' next three games. What are we expecting here? I'm expecting three to four points. Three uh, to four points is reasonable. I, I, Flint's going to give us a run for our money, and we're playing them in Flint. That's our last time making the trip up there to Michigan. Uh, Sarnia and Kitchener, I, I expect one of those games to go to overtime. Time, uh, we may be able to pull off an overtime win, um, but let me tell you, and then Sarnia also plays Kitchener, so uh, I don't know. Do we want Kitchener to get hot and just squeeze in as an ace seed and hopefully we get the win over them, or what do we want to happen here? That's a tough scenario. Um, I just think whoever's whoever we're close to, we just got to hope they lose because we want playoffs. I don't care if it's 8-7. Like, those, we need that. Honestly, we I, I kind of I want to go in as the eight seed. Uh, me and you have talked about this off the air. Um, second and third we've had we've had trouble with london um we've had trouble with flint 
And uh, to be honest, we have the best. We right now we're winning the series right now against um, Windsor. Windsor. We're winning three two on the series. Um, the two games they got us were both in overtime, so they've not won a game in five on five. And I'd be curious to see what we could put up. I mean, don't get me wrong. On the better on paper, are they the better team? Absolutely. But three two, both games they've won going into overtime. They've yet to beat us five on five. I think we're in for a good series if we get in as eight. Yeah, no matter what, Erie has a chance against everybody, but. We just got to show up and be there. But, yeah, Windsor's 10-0-0 in their past 10 games. Think of this, Logan. I was looking at the stats. 283 goals for, but 233 against. That Something's not adding up. There, there's not a big difference there. And when they lose games, they lose games. You know, they're losing by three or four. They're just not clicking on the nights. And when they're winning games, they're not winning by six goals. You know what I mean? They're squeaking out one, two-goal wins. And I think that just goes to show if you get a hot goalie against them at the right time, I think he can steal you a couple games. Yeah, and that's where our – hot goaltending comes in so if we get Windsor then it could be interesting I mean they have great talent on that team but it's not McDavid Stroman to bring it on a line where they're going to find the back of the net these goalies could make some big saves and you could see a big upset yeah, so Hamilton's good, and this is the first time I saw them this season. Ham- Hamilton's phenomenal. There was not one point in their game where I thought they had a weakness. I mean, yeah, we managed to hit a couple pipes, but half inch off, they might go in the back of the net. The boys played great, but Hamilton just looks like a solid all-around team. They made it look easy, in my opinion. They, they did. <laughs> they did. But the Otters, I mean, the Otters kept them to three goals, and that's impressive. Yeah, so... Speaking of Sue and Sarnia, that big ass whooping, Sue defeats Sarnia 8-2. That's, that, that's huge big. for us. That's big. That put us in eighth. We're up by one point. Uh, that definitely leaves a sour taste in your mouth when you lose a game like that. So they're going to be coming into Erie hungry. Uh, their Instagram's already going. They're showing goals. It said big Big, big players show up for big-time games. Well, I'm hoping we can hand them a big-time loss and move up to three points ahead of them in the eighth spot. Shout-out to the Otters for an amazing 25th anniversary weekend. The crowd was buzzing on Saturday all weekend. Amazing atmosphere. Spencer Sova with the game-winning goal. Let me just tell you, that atmosphere was probably one of the best I've been to in a while. And those videos throughout the game, they were so awesome. Seeing those guys still care. Uh, we had Sidlowski on our last podcast. He had a video on the big screen. Unfortunately, there were four otters that were not able to be there with us. Uh, unfortunate. Um, but I just think the otters did a great ceremony. They even had a couple guys, overagers from last year. They did a nice ceremony for them, being that they were robbed of you know being able to play their overage season. It was awesome. You had the player videos on the board. Was there anything that stood out to you on that? Um, no, not really. But like, it was so cool to see like players like Strom. Players like uh, McDavid. McDavid, I wasn't expecting a video, to be honest. Um, Yeah, so all the top players that were here for that. And then O'Reilly, like even O'Reilly. But one thing that stuck out to me is there was no Dabrinkit. Why? I I don't know. Like, they had Strom, their teammates. I don't know if Taylor Taylor didn't do it either, I don't think. All right, so, no. Did he? Not not sure. Darren did. Darren was on there. I'm not sure if I saw Taylor or not. Um... The big Debrinket thing, though. I mean, in all honesty, I would have rather seen Debrinket than Strom. I mean, the Otters went out on a limb and picked him up undrafted into the OHL. He doesn't get drafted into the OHL. He's definitely not getting drafted in the first round of the NHL. I mean, Strom, absolutely, but I really expected a Debrinket interview. Like I said, Otters went out on a limb to pick him up. Then he, he came into the league. He tore it up and completely deserved to be in there, but his size kept him out of the OHL draft. Dumb. I mean, what do you think? Um, I don't know, like no bitterness here, but 
I was just expecting him because we did pick him up when he, he had nobody. And I don't know. If there's a video out there, let me know. I hope there could be. Maybe it just didn't have time to air. But um, he's my favorite player besides McDavid. But DeBrink is definitely my top forward that I love. And I don't know. I was just expecting it. It was a little sad. It was. I was expecting to see the cat up there. and But it didn't happen. Uh, a couple other things we just want to go over. Uh, our apparel's in. So go ahead and place your online orders. We got the Rebirth shirts and hoodies. We got the fan favorite beer hockey shirts and hoodies. And then we got the classic banner logo hoodies, uh, shirts. We got a couple hats made up. So be sure to get your stuff because it is selling fast i think we got 10 orders to ship out we're running low on some sizes because people are eating the stuff up so be sure to go on the website order the stuff you want and uh it was an awesome interview with this podcast with luke gazdick dom do you have anything else yeah so speaking out of our apparel we have a lot of other stuff too including the 814 and then we have our um keystone logo we just don't have like all the photos we're doing do another photo shoot in the next day or so so you're gonna see the uh website updated and you'll see a lot more stuff and then like if we keep growing we all keep growing we're gonna get more stuff and everybody in this organization drop the gloves organization is gonna keep going up so the one one thing i wanted to talk about is i wanted to thank you guys uh, we had 100 youtube views on our last podcast we also hit i think 30 something downloads on apple and spotify that meant a lot to us being back with our second interview getting over 150 plays that really did mean a lot to us we appreciate you guys taking the time out of your day to listen to us um, our dms are always open we love questions we have tons of interviews lined up with some great players i just would like to see some more feedback and some more fan questions thank you guys so much for tuning in to episode three of the draft the gloves podcast featuring luke gadzik it was great to have him on it was a great interview and we just want to thank you guys for listening keep dropping the gloves